Welcome to the Couch Time Podcast, where we give you tools to connect with your kids and point them to Jesus. I'm Aaron. I'm Stephen. And I'm Kyle. And today we are going to be talking about um, what we did yesterday at both the Independence and Fort Thomas campus. We are missing Josh Lewis this week. Um, he actually is going to be getting a change of Anyone scenery. Anyone see him, please give us a call. Um, <laughs> he seem to locate him. So I hope you can't locate him because he's on vacation with his family, and I hope he gets a really good break. So, uh, yeah, we miss him. Wish he were here, but he's not. But uh, thankfully, we've got special guest Kyle Chambers, <laughs> intern at Fort Thomas, pastoral Cheer intern. So. Oh, you gotta let us do the cheering for you. I was trying to make it sound like background music, <laughs> like, oh wow, they have an audience. Oh, there's clapping noises going yeah. on in the background. Yeah, applause, yeah. applause. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we have been in the book of First Peter for four weeks now. We just talked about chapter four yesterday. Um, and it's a really good chapter. Um, uh, and we want to give you guys some tools, some practical ideas for uh, how you can connect with your kids if they were at the Bible study. Um and also some encouragement uh, about next steps. So, uh, Stephen, Independence, First Peter chapter 4, how'd it go? Mm, sorry, I had to uh, have a little burp there after some donuts and coffee. Um, First Peter chapter 4. I wait. could have gone all day without knowing that. Well, you saw it, so you knew it. Um, First Peter 4 went, went great. So we had guys and girls Bible studies again at the Independence campus. Um, we spent a lot of time, one... Kind of just talking through, okay, so you've had long enough, if you're a believer, to live like unbelievers do. You know, in First Peter 4, it says the, the, time, the time that has passed suffices for doing what the Gentiles do, or something along those lines. And this chapter kind of goes through and just describes and gives you an idea of what does it look like to be a believer, a follower of Christ, knowing that, like it says, the end is near, knowing that Jesus is coming back, knowing that there is salvation awaiting you, what does life look like now for you? And how should that look like, um, look different than what life looks like just in your own fleshly desire, fleshly passion? Um, so I, I made the, the highlight video this week that we put out on Instagram and YouTube, and I titled it Stand. And it's just like this idea of what, is, what does it look like to stand as a believer, to um, deny yourself, um, worldly pleasures and also pursue um, Christ and what he has for you. So we talked about using our gifts. We talked about serving the church. We talked about how do we show hospitality as high school kids. I was like, so normally you got, when you guys think of hospitality, you probably think of moms and their house. And it's like, that's such a wrong view. Like that's not all hospitality is. It's so much better, um, so much deeper. So we talked about how do we show hospitality? How do we love one another? How do we encourage one another? Um, as well as how do we now go through and experience trials um, in light of a salvation that's awaiting us mm. and a temporary world that has eternal like ramifications yep. for life. Yeah. It. First thing I want to say that parents you should do is go read First Peter chapter four because we talked about it last night with uh, many of your kids. If your kids weren't there, I would encourage you to go read it anyway. Uh, but there's a theme. Kyle, what's the homework that you've given the kids every single week? There's something you ask them to do. Yeah, we're trying to treat this as more of a Bible study instead of just teaching where yeah. the students can actually dive in. <clears throat> yeah. 
themselves and try to get some of this meat. Uh, so one thing I've been doing each chapter we read is to ask the students to give me five to ten observations uh, from the chapter itself. And these observations are more like what the text actually says, not what they think it means, not what they're going to go... Literally, like, what does it say? Yes. Like, use your mind and your eyes and read it, and what does it say? Yeah. So, like, how many times are certain words repeated? How many... Who is speaking? Who's the subject of the sentence? All of these observations to help really see what, in this case, Peter, the author, really said and wanted to know. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and it was really interesting to see all the different observations and who focused on what, uh, who just wrote word for word, the scripture. That was my favorite. Some kids were just like, well, I just rewrote it because that's what I saw. Five, five words. It's, it's uh, long, right? done. Yeah, like, I yeah. saw the word gift in there, so I wrote gift down. <laughs> well, so it's been really good homework, and uh, there's only been a couple, a few of the students each week that have done it, uh, a couple faithful, a couple others that... Uh, but I think it's been really beneficial just to get the kids thinking, to look at their Bible, and don't just try to, what's the right answer that we have to give for our leaders? Mm -hmm. It's what what do you think it's saying here? Like yeah. Yeah. When you read Harry Potter or some other fictional book, you read it and you interpret it, and it's like, wow, this is you can see it in your head. Read Scripture, do the same. But one of one of the students answered last night to your homework. Uh, they said. I forget exactly how it was worded, but their observation was, you know, before they had chapters and verses, you know, to break things up, how First Peter was written, I went and reread chapters 1, 2, and 3, which was other homework we gave them. They did that, and they observed that there's a flow to it, and there's a theme that mm -hmm. as you read the whole thing, there's this theme to it. And it's like, that is so good, because so much of this is repeating what has already been said in First Peter chapter one, two, and three, right. and so it it was really cool um, to hear them say that. But the observations, yeah, it's been really really good homework. So um, I would encourage you parents um, to read chapter four and then ask your kids specifically on seven through eleven. That's what we kind of honed in on in uh, at Fort Thomas. Um, so we said the end of all things is at hand. How does that make you feel? Some of the kids were, you know, excited, not excited, kind of weird. It's like, okay, well, if the end of all things is at hand, which we believe it is, if you're a Christian, God has said that it is, therefore, what should we do? So we kind of listed all of the things that it says in verses um, 7 to 11 right. about implications of that being true. The statement of the end of all things is at hand. Yeah. We... We ask the same things, like, what are the implications of the end of all things being at hand? And one, one student said, what's an implication? And I've, <laughs> I've never been so caught off guard. <laughs> I could not, for the life of me, try to describe <laughs> what an implication was. It was really funny. Like, it took some teamwork. We like, all funny. were like, guys, what? How? It's, a, it's the result. It's the thing that comes because of what you know. It's like, it wasn't going anywhere. Right? So hopefully, parents, you guys know what implications are because I don't know how to describe it simply. But um, it was funny. So some there's just different like v different points of view. So yeah, it was like, how does that make you feel? Was one mm -hmm. question. And then of all things is at hand. One one student was like, it makes it feel like things going like right now are insignificant. And then other kids were like, things are really significant. So yeah. like, oh we yeah, had, like, we had the same. Actually, lots of different yeah. views on like one one. One people may say, like, man, it makes me, it's kind of fearful. That's kind of scary. Like, other mm -hmm. people are like, no, it's not fearful. It's not scary. Like, I know, like, yeah, life is great. Like, so it's just very interesting. But 
I think, um, you know, the implications, at least from Scripture, are like, because the end of all things is at hand, like, you should love one another more. Yes. You should be able to control yourself more. You should be able to think and process things clearly. You should mm-hmm. be able to use your gifts, etc. And um, we just kind of had to, like, work through kind of what you were saying with the observations, Kyle, like, what does the text say the implication should totally. be? Yeah. And then let's figure out how that looks practically. Yeah. One student I even uh, heard that was really good said, like, it gave him a sense of urgency. Yeah. And going off of all the things that you just said, like, we need to urgently go after all of these things that Scripture says yeah. we need to do um, because of the end being at hand. Mm-hmm. So here's here's my question for you guys to to wrap up the podcast and to give them, the parents and listeners, actual tools to connect with their kids and point them to Christ. First Peter, broad stroke picture is, okay, if you're a believer, and that's who this book is written to, believers, it's like, okay, you are no longer part of the world. You are in Christ. You have been purchased. You've been made holy along with other people who have also been made holy, you are a group of people and you need to act like you're a group of people that's separate from the world, right? Mm -hmm. If that's true, here's what it's going to look like for you to act differently. So in chapter four, this is just another reminder of what it looks like for Christians to live differently and to look differently in the world. And he says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore... Be self-controlled, sober-minded, you know, love one another earnestly, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. It says uh, to use gifts to serve each other, to build each other up. That's another one directly out of chapter 2 that it was talked about. Um, And then speaking, serving, all so that God might be glorified. Mm -hmm. But the whole context of this, and we talked about it a little bit, was this is written for believers to practice with other believers. This isn't about evangelism even. This is about us encouraging each other and loving each other and serving each other as believers. So my question for you, Kyle and Stephen, is how would you encourage parents to ask their kids about what they can do to show hospitality, what they can do to use their gifts to serve other believers, and what they can do uh, to encourage and love other believers well. I think the most important thing uh, for the parents and how to help them is to actually look uh, and help their own kids figure out what their gifts are. Yep. Each each kid has a different gift. Each believer has a different gift uh, so that we can make up the body of Christ. Uh, I'm awful at worship. I can't play music. I'm tone deaf. <laughs> so you don't want me leading worship. But I love being a part of worship. Uh, but I do have other gifts that can also serve and give hospitality. Uh, Stephen has different gifts from me and from Aaron. And so really diving in and helping your student dive into the parts of scripture that talk about those gifts and really analyze your own kid and yourself to see what your gifts are and then figure out how those can be used in the church. I think that's one of the biggest things is, is gifts. We see the the front stage gifts like, oh, worship and, and preaching, but there's so much more than just those. I think hospitality is almost a behind-the-scenes gift that can do way more in serving one another than some of these other gifts. Um, yeah, Stephen, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's great. And I mean, the, the point of this podcast is to give you tools to connect with your kids and point them to Jesus. I like one of the best ways to connect with your kids and point them to Jesus is to serve. Like that's like absolutely an incredible way to connect your kids to Jesus because you're you're connecting to something bigger than yourself. You're you're being a part of what the Lord has called you to, 
and um, you're pointing them to Jesus. You're showing them what life what life with Him looks like. So I'd encourage you all as parents to be using your gifts to serve the body. Be using your gifts um, to encourage other believers. Be using your gifts to speak as if you're speaking like truth and to serve by the strength that God supplies. Mm. Um, and then call call your kids, you know, into that with you. And um, and you know whether it part of that maybe that's just having people over to your house and and having church on Sunday mornings with them or um, okay well then talk to your kids like hey like we're, we're bringing so and so and so and so over because we want to you know be the body and just have conversations with your kids while you're doing acts of service um, to connect with the bigger picture to them um, and then hopefully they like they begin to see how their parents do that um, and then they can try to see how they themselves as, as students can, can live mm-hmm. in that way too. I think yep. that's just a, a simple thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I know um, the church has a hundred different ministries that you can get plugged in. And so as a parent, if you aren't plugged in and serving, I would recommend getting involved uh, as soon as possible, really. I know that we are kind of closed right now, yeah. uh, but we are Lord willing to be opening up. And so... I think getting a way to be plugged in, whether it is in student ministry or welcome team or any helping hands ministry, any of these ministries that we do, your gifts matter and seeing your parents serve is so impactful. My parents served the church that I grew up going to. Um, I was going to say religiously, which is kind of funny, Um, but my parents served and we were at the church all the time. uh, And that is something that I found uh, to be a super big help to myself growing up is seeing their love for the body of Christ through serving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a couple things that have been mentioned, it's like help them. And this is easy for us on a podcast to be like, hey, help your kids figure out their gifts. You might be thinking to yourself, I don't even like my kid. They're jerks. <laughs> it's like they don't have any gifts. They're so lazy. I, I literally, I, I mean, I know parents that they think that about their high school kids or their middle school kids. They don't – there's things hard to like about your kids maybe. I know them, but it might be hard to identify what those spiritual gifts are. This is – you're going to have to start the process, and this is an ongoing conversation. Um I had people in my life when I was in middle school tell me what I, they thought my spiritual gifts were, and it's like, oh, wow, cool, okay. And then I had people in high school who commended different parts of you know my giftings, whatever those were, and I took a test in high school that was you know strength finders or something that was about my spiritual gifts. And then in college, it's like, that was all a bunch of load of you know, crap. I, I think this is <laughs> – yeah, I just said that on the podcast. It's fine. It, it, it's like these are my spiritual gifts. It's a conversation – that I would tell you parents to know that you're the God that you serve and say you believe in. He designed your kids and he designed them very specifically and uniquely to put on display his character. And you need to help them figure out what that looks like. It's not going to be a super easy answer. Like, Hey, you have the gift of gift of hospitality. It might be, who knows? But I would encourage you to figure out the conversation. The thing Stephen said, it's like your gifts, your gifts, personally, parents, put them on display to your kids. It's like if you're not using your gifts, if you don't even know what your gifts are, it's like mm-hmm. start there and have the conversation with your kids and be like, you know what? I've never thought about this either. I don't serve. It's like be humble and say you don't serve and tell your kids, hey, we need to start doing this because God says to start doing this in First Peter chapter 4 and model for them what it looks like to start doing what this says that we should be doing. 
Um, so another thing we talked about that I thought was really, really good just to tie all this together and to wrap up. Um, we talked a lot about what is hospitality and the conversation kind of morphed as we were talking about it and people were just like, oh, well, it's you being nice to people or are you serving people or just like ask people what their needs are and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Loving people and serving people and hospitality are all referenced separately. They're not all the same thing. Um, but then the conversation with the students and they kind of took it there was at the end of the day, what Christ calls us to is to be so focused on caring about other people more than ourselves. And he's given us different tools to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had uh, we had a conversation before youth group, some of the students, and we looked at some other scripture in Philippians specifically that paired really well with it that's, you know, had the same mind that Christ had and love other people. And then one of the other leaders said Christ was the most hospitable person who ever walked the earth, and he didn't have a home. It's like, oh, you don't need a house to be hospitable? It's like, well, what does that mean? How do you be hospitable to people? How do you welcome them and love them and make them feel safe? Um, so I would challenge you parents to read First Peter chapter 4. Consider your gifts. Consider what your kids' gifts are and start the conversation about what does it look like for you guys uh, and how God has wired you to love people better. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what I would say. Stephen, Kyle, have anything to, to add? Uh, I would just just kind of finish up with, you know, kind of what the rest of the chapter ends with as a way to wrap this up is that all of this is going to require sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this is going to feel uncomfortable at first. Like I talked to the kids like um, about how my natural reaction to almost anything is almost always sinful. Like what I would prefer to do, what I would rather do um, is always going to lead me down a bad path. So like it's going to ca- take me to stop, refocus, and choose to do something different um, and choose to sacrifice. And you know, so in, in my video, I said, you're never more like Christ than when your righteous life causes you to sacrifice your comfort. Um, so that would just be my encouragement is that um, it's going to take some sacrifice, but you'll be more like Christ because of it, um, and it, and it's worth it. Yeah, super good. Um. Yeah, go read First Peter chapter 4. All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for uh, your grace and your, um, your patience with us uh, as we sin, as we stumble, as we are selfish, as we naturally, as Stephen just said, we, uh, and Scripture teaches this, and I experience it, and I know other parents and people do too, that our sin just naturally comes out. We don't have to try or think or plan. We just, uh, we are selfish. Uh, and we're prone to wonder and think about ourselves. And uh, God, thank you for being patient with us and being grace, uh, or giving us grace. I pray, Lord, that you would give all the parents and listeners humility uh, and clear ways to take steps to to connect with their kids and point them to Christ. That is what they need right now. That's what the students need. That's what the parents need to do. Um, that's what we all need to do uh, as we seek to follow and obey you, God. Help us to do so. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. amen.